0: The Trail of the Serpent by Mary Elizabeth Braddon Book the First A Respectable Young Man Chapter 1 The Good Schoolmaster I don't suppose it rained harder in the good town of Slopperton on the Sloshy than it rained anywhere else. But it did rain. There was scarcely an umbrella in Slopperton that could hold its own, "'against the rain that came pouring down that November afternoon "'between the hours of four and five. "'Every gutter in High Street, Slopperton, "'every gutter in Broad Street, which was, of course, the narrowest street, "'in New Street, which by the same rule was the oldest street, "'in East Street, West Street, Blue Dragon Street, and Windmill Street. "'Every gutter in every one of these thoroughfares "'was a little Niagara, with a maelstrom at the corner,' down, which such small craft as bits of orange peel, old boots and shoes, scraps of paper, and fragments of rag were absorbed, as better ships have been in the great northern whirlpool. That dingy stream, the sloshy, was swollen into a kind of dirty Mississippi, and the graceful coal barges, which adorned its bosom, were stripped of the clotheslines and fluttering linen, "'which usually were to be seen on their decks. "'A bad, determined, black-minded November day. "'A day on which the fog shaped itself into a demon "'and lurked behind men's shoulders, whispering into their ears, "'Cut your throat. "'You know you've got a razor and can't shave with it "'because you've been drinking and your hand shakes. "'One little gash under the left ear and the business is done. "'It's the best thing you can do. "'It is, really.' A day on which the rain, the monotonous, ceaseless, persevering rain, has a voice as it comes down, and says, "'Don't you think you could go melancholy mad? "'Look at me, be good enough to watch me for a couple of hours or so, "'and think, while you watch me, of the girl who jilted you ten years ago, "'and of what a much better man you would be today if she had only loved you truly.'" "'Oh, I think, if you'll only be so good as watch me, "'you might really contrive to go mad. "'Then again the wind. "'What does the wind say, "'as it comes cutting through the dark passage "'and stabbing you, like a coward, "'as it is in the back, just between the shoulders? "'What does it say? "'Why, it whistles in your ear "'a reminder of the little bottle of laudanum "'you've got upstairs, "'which you had for your toothache last week.' "'and never used. "'A foggy, wet, windy November day. "'A bad day. "'A dangerous day. "'Keep us from bad thoughts today "'and keep us out of the police reports next week. "'Give us a glass of something hot and strong "'and a bit of something nice for supper, "'and bear with us a little this day. "'For if the strings of yonder piano, "'an instrument fashioned on mechanical principles,' by mortal hands, if they are depressed and slackened by the influence of damp and fog, how do we know that there may not be some string in this more critical instrument, the human mind, not made on mechanical principles or by mortal hands, a little out of order on this bad November day? But, of course, bad influences can only come to bad men, "'and, of course, he must be a very bad man "'whose spirits go up and down "'with every fluctuation of the weather-glass. "'Virtuous people, no doubt, are virtuous always, "'and by no chance or change or trial or temptation "'can they ever become other than virtuous. "'Therefore, why should a wet day or a dark day depress them? "'No.' They look out of the windows at houseless men and women and fatherless and motherless children, wet through to the skin, and thank heaven that they are not as other men. Like good Christians, punctual ratepayers, and unflinching churchgoers as they are. Thus it was with Mr. Jabez North, assistant and usher at the Academy of Dr. Tappenden. He was not in any wise affected by fog, rain, or wind, "'There was a fire at one end of the schoolroom, "'and Kapan Major had been fined sixpence "'and condemned to a page of Latin grammar "'for warming his worst chillblain at the bars thereof. "'But Jabez North did not want to go near the fire, "'though in his official capacity he might have done so. "'I even might have warmed his hands in moderation. "'He was not cold, or if he was cold, "'he didn't mind being cold.' He was sitting at his desk, mending pens, and hearing six red-nosed boys conjugate the verb amare, to love, while the aforesaid boys were giving practical illustrations of the active verb to shiver, and the passive ditto to be puzzled. He was not only a good young man, this Jabez North, and he must have been a very good young man. Indeed, he was looked upon by many excellent old ladies— "'as an incarnation of the adjective pious. "'But he was rather a handsome young man also. "'He had delicate features, a pale, fair complexion, "'and, as young women said, very beautiful blue eyes. "'Only it was unfortunate that these eyes, "'being, according to report, such a very beautiful colour, "'had a shifting way with them, "'and never looked at you long enough "'for you to find out their exact hue,' or their exact expression, either. He had also what was called a very fine head of fair, curly hair, and what some people considered a very fine head, though it was a pity it shelved off on either side in the locality where prejudiced people place the organ of conscientiousness. A professor of phrenology lecturing at Slopperton had declared Jabez North to be singularly wanting in that small virtue, and had even gone so far as to hint that he had never met with a parallel case of deficiency in the entire moral region, except in the skull of a very distinguished criminal who invited a friend to dinner and murdered him on the kitchen stairs while the first course was being dished. But, of course, the Sloppertonians pronounced this professor to be an impostor and his art a piece of charlatanism, as they were only too happy to pronounce any professor or any art that came in their way. Slopperton believed in Jabez North, partly because Sloperton had in a manner created, clothed, and fed him, set him on his feet, patted him on his head, and reared him under the shadow of Floppertonian wings to be the good and worthy individual he was. The story was in this wise. Nineteen years before this bad November day, a little baby had been dragged, to all appearance drowned, out of the muddy waters of the sloshy. Fortunately, or unfortunately, as the case may be, he turned out to be less drowned than dirty, and after being subjected to very sharp treatment, such as being held head downwards, and scrubbed raw with a jack-towel by the Slopertonian Humane Society founded by a very excellent gentleman, somewhat renowned for maltreating his wife and turning his eldest son out of doors, this helpless infant set up a feeble squall and evinced other signs of a return to life. He was found in a Slopperton river by a Slopperton bargeman, resuscitated by a Slopperton society and taken by the Slopperton beetle to the Slopperton workhouse. He therefore belonged to Slopperton. Slopperton found him a species of barnacle rather difficult to shake off. The wisest thing, therefore, for Slopperton to do was to put the best face on a bad matter, and out of its abundance rear this unwelcome little stranger. And truly virtue has its reward, for from the workhouse brat to the Sunday school teacher, from the Sunday school teacher to the scrub at Dr. Tappenden's academy, from scrub to usher of the fourth form, and from fourth form usher to first assistant, pet toady and factotum, were so many steps in the ladder of fortune which Jabez mounted, as in seven-leagued boots. As to his name, Jabez North, it is not to be supposed that when some wretched drab, mad with what madness, or wretched to what intensity of wretchedness, who shall guess, "'throws her hapless and sickly offspring into the river. "'It is not, I say, to be supposed "'that she puts his card-case in his pocket "'with his name and address inscribed in neat copper plate "'upon enameled cards therein. "'No. "'The foundling of Slopperton was called "'by the board of the workhouse, Jabez. first because Jabez was a scriptural name. "'Secondly, perhaps, because it was an ugly one.' and agreed better with the cut of his clothes and the fashion of his appointments than Reginald, Conrad, or Augustus might have done. The gentleman of the board further bestowed upon him the surname of North, because he was found on the north bank of the Sloshy, and because North was an unobtrusive and commonplace cognomen, appropriate to a pauper. Now, there are many natures... God-created, though they be, of so black and vile a tendency as to be soured and embittered by workhouse treatment. By constant keeping down, by days and days which grow into years and years, in which to hear a kind word is to hear a strange language, a language so strange as to bring a choking sensation into the throat, and not unbidden tears into the eyes. Nature's, they are, so innately wicked as not to be improved by tyranny, by the dominion, the mockery, and the insult of little boys, who are wise enough to despise poverty, but not charitable enough to respect misfortune. And fourth-form ushers in a second-rate academy have to endure this sort of thing now and then. Some natures, too, may be so weak and sentimental as to sicken at a life without one human tie. A boyhood, without father or mother, "'a youth without sister or brother. "'Not such the excellent nature of Jabez North. "'Tyranny found him meek, it is true, "'but it left him much meeker. "'Insult found him mild, but it left him lamb-like. "'Scornful speeches glanced away from him. "'Cruel words seemed drops of water on marble, "'so powerless were they to strike or wound.' he would take an insult from a boy whom with his powerful right hand he could have strangled. He would smile at the insolence of a brat whom he could have thrown from the window with one uplifting of his strong arm almost as easily as he threw away a bad pen. But he was a good young man, a benevolent young man, giving in secret and generally getting his reward openly. His left hand scarcely knew what his right hand did, but Slopperton, always knew it before long. So every citizen of the borough praised and applauded this model young man, and many were the prophecies of the day when the pauper boy should be one of the greatest men in that greatest of all towns, the town of Slopperton. The bad November day merged into a bad November night, dark night at five o'clock when candles, few and far between, flickering in Dr. Tappenden's schoolroom, and long rows of half-pint mugs, splendid institutions for little boys to warm their hands at, being full of a boiling and semi-opaque liquid, par excellence, milk and water, ornamented the schoolroom table. Darker night still, when the half-pint mugs have been collected by a red maid-servant, with nose, elbows, and knuckles, picked out in purple, when all traces of the evening meal are removed when the six red-nosed first-form boys have sat down to Virgil, for whom they entertain a deadly hatred, feeling convinced that he wrote with a special view to their being flogged from inability to construe him. Of course, if he hadn't been a spiteful beast, he would have written in English, and then he wouldn't have had to be construed. Darker nights still, at eight o'clock, when the boys have gone to bed, and perhaps would have gone to sleep, "'if Alicampon Major had not a supper-party at his room "'with Banbury cakes, pig's trotters, periwinkles, "'acid rock, and ginger-beer powders laid out upon the bolster. "'Not so dark by the head assistant's desk "'at which Jabez sits, his face ineffably calm, "'examining a pile of exercises. "'Look at his face by that one candle. "'Look at the eyes, which are steady now,' for he does not dream that anyone is watching him, steady and luminous with a subdued fire which might blaze out some day into a deadly flame. Look at the face, the determined mouth, the thin lips, which form almost an arch, and say, is that the face of a man to be content with a life of dreary and obscure monotony? A somewhat intellectual face but not the face of a man with an intellect seeking no better employment than the correcting of French and Latin exercises. If we could look into his heart, we might find the answers to these questions. He raises the lid of his desk, a deep desk that holds many things, papers, pens, letters. And what? A thick coil of rope. A strange object in the assistant's desk, this coil of rope. He looks at it as if to assure himself that it is safe, shuts his desk quickly, locks it, and when at half past nine, he goes up into his little bedroom at the top of the house. He will carry the desk under his arm. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts.